Welcome to the Dropping Points Podcast, a weekly MLS fantasy podcast hosted by Blake Eshelman and Brian Maurer from MLS Gone Wild and Top End 90 Media. Are you looking for some designated players to save you from dropping points in MLS fantasy? Well, Brian and I have you covered with weekly MLS recaps, important fantasy-related news, and unsolicited advice that will help you win your MLS fantasy league. And please remember, listen responsibly. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Dropping Points podcast. I'm your host, Blake, joined by my partner in MLS Fantasy Soccer, Brian Maurer. Brian, can we press control Z? Did I do that right on last week's uh, week 12 of MLS Fantasy? Yeah, you 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 learned something already and you're applying it right away. This is the, the recall on this is impressive. Yeah, I wish we could control Z on this week, man. That was, that was so brutal. It's <laughs> just so so bad at least charlotte won but gosh fantasy wise really rough week it's i guess it's one of the two charlotte wins or my fantasy wins we'll get this out of the way i've yeah. been talking about regressing to the mean a lot i regressed to the mean this week i finished yeah. with 62 i think brian finished with 68 before yeah. we talk about how we dropped our points this past week let's get into the update on the dropping points fantasy league top five from week 12 at number one we have uh, somebody that was in the top five last week, FC Navalbiscunde. I, I spoke it a lot better that time. That was pretty good. 105 points. They captain Diego Almada. Pretty good pick there. Tied for first place was Don't Toy With Me. I like that nice. one. A little pun on Mason Toy. That's pretty good, yeah. even though he hasn't really done anything this year. Don't even know if he's playing, to be honest with you. But he also had 105, and Denny Buonga was his captain. It was a good captain. He must have listened to this podcast because he was my tap-in last week. Yeah. At number two, all by themselves, was Older Goaler with 103. They captained Almeida. Number three was Top Shelf with 99, with Almeida as their captain. Number four, this is a player that's been in our top five before as well. Hey, Ricky, you're so fine with 98. They captained Great, Almeida. And number five, Paulson's Hostile Workplace. Uh, they had 97 with Almeida as their captain. Brian, who did you captain last week? I said captain five times there. Who did you captain? I captained Almeida. Oh, that was a smart decision by you. Yeah, I, well, I it, was, it wasn't up until like the 85th minute or whatever it was when they finally got an assist. Yeah, he, I mean, he seems like he's honestly, even with Atlanta struggling, still capable of, of getting points. So hasn't been a bad move, but. Yeah, I wish I would have captained Almeida. I'm kind of <laughs> kicking myself. I captained Hani, who had 42 as the captain the week before. He got me two points. As yeah. my captain. How the hell is there a 40 point swing in one week? It's MLS, fantasy baby. fantasy is so <laughs> cruel, bro. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's fantasy as much as just MLS. Like I the mean, parody in this league is just unmatched. I mean, look at the Eastern Conference. What 12 teams are within like four points right now? Seven teams tied on 15 points. Lots gonna and change this weekend. And then the bottom drops out in the Western Conference. I was just looking at that, and there's like seven or eight teams below. Like if Charlotte was in the Western Conference, they'd be in like seventh right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is what it yeah, is. man. The the honey thing, it, it just it ate me up, man. I was yeah. I wasn't watching the game, but I was watching my fantasy points. I'm like, okay, honey, you can you can do something now. And just honey with one point, like that's that's unheard of. And yeah. It, it, that was just so frustrating. But anyway, I capped in the wrong guy. Brian, go ahead and get into your dropping points. What led you to 68 this week? Well, so I captained Almada. I also played Gutman, and I didn't switch a room. I put him right in. Mm. And uh, so earned me a red card. 
right in the early second half. And uh, so it gave me negative two points. So uh, that was definitely my, my biggest, my biggest dropping point there was, was getting negative points on, on a starting defender. Then uh, San Jose for LA galaxy, a game. I think we hyped up a lot. I'm really excited about the amount of goal potential in that matchup, especially with how uh, LA galaxy have been struggling. But I mean, again, it's just MLS road games are just the variability on them. is just, for me, I, I don't know. It's just been really incredible this season. And uh, so I had Espinosa and Abobasi stacked for the Sunday night game to hopefully maybe make up some ground on how terrible the week had been going. But nope, that just, it was just the final uh, spiraling out of control for the week and combined for four points. This, this man, Jeremy Abobasi, he has scored before last night in every game he played at the Galaxy and he picked last night not to score. And Espinosa was on like a six game straight goal contribution streak. You know, or something like and that. And they combine for four points. Yeah. Who would yeah, ever pretty thought? Pretty brutal. Pretty brutal. I mean, it, I guess it was inevitably to end. It just happened to be on a double stack week when everything else was going to shit. So <laughs> that's just how it is. Um, and then Ache Ache, one point versus Seattle because of, I mean, the delay. And then um, Bossy comes out swinging, right? And like the red card in like the 20th minute. That just kind of ended that, you know, and we actually, we talked about that as well, right? Would this be the week when Seattle ends Houston's uh, both home unbeaten streak and clean sheet streak? And uh, yeah, I guess that was that end of the 50-50 and then affected by Ache Ache performance as well. Uh, then we went on, moved on, on to Mukhtar, didn't captain him, but still was in my lineup one point. Um, and of course, not only did I, you know, play him, but I mean, I decided to choose last week's episode to really hype him up and be like, yeah, he's pretty much like permanent in your lineup from now on. And I guess he could be permanent in terms of like, he still got me like 500 K in value, but God, spending like 12 plus million on one point is just absurd. He did better in his sub performances when he was in my, my 11 in week one than he did when he started this week. So there it is. And then moving on to Gressel, three points. Portland are starting to click, and they did at home against Vancouver this week. My start bench sell was shit. Uh, not choosing Token, who earned the clean sheet. Uh, went with Dallas Magna with seven mil value rate. Did you? Yeah, well, no, I didn't play him, but I oh, mean, and the start bench sell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just the start bench sell. But just like I'm just really, I mean, not only did my picks that I actually made, my picks in the episode were bad. Oh, yeah. Just everything was, I mean, my tap in and 50 50 didn't play in Bryce Duke and Zella Ryan. <laughs> you, like, spent, I mean, you spent so much time preparing for that segment and 10 minutes yeah, talking about it on I the show, so, and neither of the guys played. I was so hype about Bryce Duke, too. Like, I was fine. I've been waiting to put him in my picks because pretty much since he was traded, I've been like hype about potentially putting him in long shot, 50, 50, all that. And the one week it's like, God, just, that was just, but that was just this week. My picks were bad. My lineup was bad. Everything was just complete shit. Yeah. Uh, that's, okay. that's me. I'm done. Yeah. Again, control Z. I think yeah. it's ironic that probably one of our worst fantasy weeks in three, four, five weeks is, you know, right on the the cusp of our first double game week of yeah. the season, which I'm, I'm ashamed yeah. that we hadn't mentioned that from the top of the show, but we'll get to all those double game week, uh, week 13 preview here soon, but we'll get to yeah. my dropping points now as well. We'll start with my start bench sell from last week, uh, especially the two guys that I started and benched. Uh, it was Gold and Evander. I decided to start Gold because I was ooing and aahing 
over Vancouver's volume that they create in the attacking third. And, you know, Evander's, you know, he's starting to heat up and, well, he scored a brace and got 16 points. And most, a lot of people captained him and he ended up with 32. If he was a captain, gold got me two. So that was not smart on my end. Evander's going to be a guy that's in my lineup this week for sure. And probably going to be in my lineup for the near future. I already talked about captaining the wrong guy. I'll probably mention that a couple more times in this show because I am deeply hurt by that play. Uh, and the chalk midfield, you talked a little bit about it, was not this not not great this past week. Ache Ache Hani and Espinoza combined for four points. Like that's un, unheard of. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. I was like, oh, this is the week that I'm definitely going to break 100 points. Mm-hmm. And then I get 62. Like, what? Yeah. Um, and then in one of my early drafts, I had Kai Wagner, the left back from Philly. And I wish I would have stuck with that. He scored a goal in that match. And he looked, he looked pretty good. I'll talk about Philly and what they did in that game and how that impacted Kai Wagner's role a little bit later. And then Bowanga, he scored an absolute banger with his left foot from outside the 18. I mean, that guy's just good for one goal game, it seems like, at this point. And he should be a lock. And again, I'll get to that later on in this episode. But he could have had a brace, but he decided to give the PK to Bogush to score his first ever goal for LAFC. So what could have been a brace was only a goal. 13 points was good. I would have liked about, you know, 18 to 20. That would have been great, too. And then again, you know, picking Atlanta defenders was not great. You had Gutman. Gutman got the red. And, yep. you know, you should have had him in a switcheroo. I should have had Caleb Wiley in a switcheroo right, right before he yep. goes to the U-20s. He finished with one fantasy point, And he's had just one fantasy point in four straight MLS fantasy matches. So... Uh, I should have seen that one coming. He was on a heater to start the season. He had like 21 against Charlotte at the beginning of the year in Charlotte. So I was like, oh, he's at home. You know, he should have a good outing again. And that was just a huge disappointment on my end, especially at his value, because I was going premium, 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 premium in the midfield. And I was like, let me go cheap at defense. And Wiley just wasn't the guy. And then not listening to the advice I give Brian through text. I either text Brian or my bu- my buddy Dakota Rock. It least once before each slate of games i'm like oh like i'm kind of looking at this guy and then i usually decide not to take him and then the person i'm texting does take them in this case for brian it was george campbell from cf montreal at four mil like that's a crazy value just came back from injury he's played he started and played all the, the full 90 in midweek u.s open cup so i figured that he would probably get the start this weekend and he did and he had a nice hockey assist um in one of the one of the build-ups to the CF Montreal is, I believe, their their second goal. So I think that's all my dropping points, Brian. It was a really, really rough week, man. I mean, just overall, like, again, what, what are we doing? I, I've been priding myself on not regressing to the mean. And, you know, I had three straight 90s in a row, and I was convinced I was going to get 100 this week with my chalk midfield. And, I mean, everybody was, right? But yeah. just a really disappointing week overall for a lot of people that, um, either listen to the show or just play MLS fantasy in general. But Brian, let's keep this thing going and let's get into the three things that we noticed from last week that had fantasy relevancy. Yeah. So for me, it was, I mean, I'm going to bring up the the Charlotte match against Atlanta because I, I feel like it's pretty fantasy relevant at this point as well. Um, Charlotte seems to be on the man. They're like, they're three wins on the trot. So whereas early on in the season, I was really pretty, pretty down on them. Uh, just based on their early season performances and they seem to be on an upward trajectory. Whereas Atlanta 
seems to be in quite a bit of trouble. And this is coming from like both of the local fan bases and just kind of where things, where things are at. I mean, you talked about like their um, reliance on Gigi uh, last week. I mean, he didn't start again this week and, and we saw the the end result of that. Um, although with, even with Atlanta being in uh, at least some trouble as, as of now, unless Gigi gets back healthy, um, Amada seems to not require team performances to still accrue points. So that's still something for me, I think, to keep in mind is even though he's in an absurdly high premium rate with a team that's not performing well at all, I mean, they've lost three in a row, um, he was still able to put up 11 points in a, in a performance where they were just really up against it most of the game. So I'm I'm still intrigued by him for sure, week in and week out, even if Atlanta continues to struggle. Uh, personally, for me, I just need to be I need to take hone in on my switcheroo choices. Again, the big one was was this week was Gutman in my starting eleven instead of Cucho. I kind of took a flyer on a more expensive one in Cucho, and that that was a devastating result. Um, that could have changed the whole the whole tune of everything because I ended up having a ton of extra value that I didn't even get a chance to use. So for me, I think that's the big thing that I'm really honing in on. It's going to be way harder this week with double game weeks, but figuring out how to really plan my switcheroo strategy and and my choices behind those picks. Then my third one is uh, Portland looked to be like they're finding some solutions. It seems. Uh, I mean, on all of them are running through Evander, who's really hit a good stretch of form, three goals and two assists in their last three games, which are all, they're in the middle of an unbeaten streak right now in their last three. So that's my other one as where I think we had been pretty down on Portland throughout the early portion of the season and really kind of targeting them in a lot of weeks. It seems like that at least currently is, uh, uh, we're going to have to change our tune on that a little bit. Evander is in great form and the, and the team is getting results. There's finding ways to get some goals. Um, and uh, honestly, their schedule continues to look pretty favorable. So I don't see that uh, ending in the next several weeks. So I'm actually starting to target Portland as, as a team to watch, especially Evander. So those are my three things. Absolutely. And they have a double game week coming up this week as well. One home, one yep. away. We'll probably talk a little bit about Portland later on in the show. But yep. my three things. Number one was Cucho's volume and playmaking makes him one of the best forward fantasy options in MLS fantasy. As of right now, he's recorded two bonus points for shots in back-to-back games and at least one shot bonus in four out of five appearances. He leads the league in shots per 90 with 6.03 shots per 90. So again, there's that volume that I was talking about. He had two assists this week with Zellerion out as he was the main playmaker. And the, the reason why I'm saying that I think he's probably one of the best fantasy options at forward is because he's not your traditional striker in MLS. Time and time again on the show, we talk about forwards being goal dependent and not being able to pick up some of those bonus points. And that's what Cucho brings to your MLS fantasy team. He is a playmaker that regardless if it's Matan and Zellerion starting at the dual 10 for the Columbus crew, Cucho is a guy that likes to drop into the midfield to pick up the ball in the half spaces and, and dribble at people. He had a, I think he completed five dribbles or something, something absurd. And I mean, just like a lot of offensive underlying numbers that are going to rack up bonus points. So um, for those reasons, like I think Cucho is kind of a guy, especially even this week, that's going to need to be pivotal and he needs to be a lock for a lot of people's lineups. At number two, my second thing that I noticed this past week was Philly switch formations to the three, five, two, moving Kai Wagner higher up the pitch into the midfield 
where he recorded his first goal of the season, including midweek CCL. Wagner has three goals this past week, and they were all certified bangers. Nobody's talking about this, and I meant to tweet it out earlier, but like his goal from this past weekend, he basically went from standing still, taking one step forward with his right foot for playing foot, and he absolutely smashed that shit into the back of the net. I mean, it was a hell of a goal. And I mean, Wait, if they can, CCL, did you mean US? US not Open? midweek CCL. They have been eliminated from CCL. I'm very not. sorry. Midweek mm-hmm. US Open Cup, he scored two against Minnesota, I believe. The yeah. one with a full volley, he smashed into the ground uh, right there, and um, at the end of stoppage time to take send it into extra time, and then he he scored a just absolute banger of a free kick. So like he's got three goals in two games this past week, and they have two home games this weekend. So another guy to target. And, you know, a, a good reason to target him because, I mean, he's higher up the pitch. We think about a guy like Julian Gressel, who used to be like a right wing back, has moved up into the midfield. And, I mean, Wagner isn't moving centrally, but if he is playing in that more of a wing back role with three defenders behind him, he's going to have more license to go forward, whipping those crosses that can get you bonus points. And he's scoring goals, too. And for a Philly team that really lacks guys that are like legit playmakers outside of Gazdog, like he is... Wagner is kind of arguably their guy and they need to get him going and he's going right now. So, and then number three, before I ramble on two week, uh, too, too long. Um, we talked about the new coach bump last week for the New York Red Bulls and for the Chicago fire. And both of those teams won this weekend, but that isn't the thing I want to talk about. The one player that seemed to benefit most from the new coach bump was Shakiri. Shakiri has just not looked like himself all season long. He, he hasn't been necessarily fit. He hasn't fit into the system, in Ezra Hendrickson's system, I should say. But this past weekend, under the new head coach, he recorded his first assist of the season. He's only priced at 7.3 mil. He just saw a 500K increase this past week. So last week, the first MLS game under the new coach, he was just 6.8. And he's one of their designated players, which is absolutely absurd. Um, but yeah, he finally got to play at the 10. And that's the position he needs to be in. He doesn't need to be isolated out wide where he can only cut in on his left foot. He needs to be a part of everything. And he has been when he's been, especially in this past week, when he played the number 10 role with Gutierrez out left. So that was just such a better fit for Shakiri. And I don't necessarily love Shakiri this week, although he is cheap. But like going forward, if you're looking for a 10 on a little bit of a bargain, if you're spending premium, like I think Shakiri might be the guy. I think he's got a new coach that he's happy to play under. And it could be good things going forward for them. But I think I rambled on long enough about those three things. Brian, we'll get into the important fantasy-related news. Um, so we got a question earlier. Brian, what was the guy's name that sent in the question? Uh, Motley Barnett's. Yeah, that's what I was just looking up on on Twitter. Is Motley Barnett's posted uh, uh, in our replies from our mailbag. Is it worth taking the risk on players that are one yellow card away from suspension? So since that suspension is after five yellow cards, players that are on four yellows going into this double game week, the concern being if they pick one up on Wednesday, you then lose out on that double game week because they'll be suspended on that Saturday or Sunday matchup. Yeah, so those guys are Abubakar from the Rapids, Barial for yep. FC Cincinnati, Ariaga, the central midfielder from Minnesota, Bedoya, Benteke, Bernadeski, Glad, Click, Alex Roldan, and Richie Larea. There's several more, but those are definitely the main that are the most fantasy relevant. Um, definitely keep an eye on that um, going forward in terms of like if you go to MLSsoccer.com, just if you look at the yellow card and sort it, you'll be able to check all the all the four yellow card matchups um, as they approach. And you can even check because technically, I mean, we talked about this on the pre-show. Um, 
Um, like, but there was, it was what five games that they had five straight games, then they would have one of their cards deducted. Yeah. They so, have to be a good boy for five straight games. Yeah. So keep, keep an eye on, on that. It's very unlikely that any of these players have, have had that good behavior relief because I mean, the game, the season is still only 12 games in. So, uh, for most of these players, so it's unlikely that, that they've had gotten that relief yet, but uh, definitely worth keeping an eye on, not only for this week, but just moving forward as well. So, yeah. And just looking at that list of players I just named, like the two players that stand out to me specifically are Barrial and Alex Roldan, both yep. defenders that are one yellow card away from suspension that would, they would miss this weekend's game, but Barrial and Roldan, they both have pretty good matchups midweek on yeah. Wednesday. So like I, I would bet that they would get clean sheets and like, you're looking at a, a 10 point, bump right from the start and like i guess you can risk that in in the second game if they did pick up a a, a yellow card but barrial against cf montreal like that sounds clean sheet worthy to me and then alex rolled on against a struggling austin fc without their main playmaker drew you see like that sounds like a, a clean sheet to me as well so it's it's a risk worth taking i guess but you have to weigh that obviously yeah it's high risk high reward right because right because they're both like i mean barrial is at like 11.4 mil so it, it's like that, I mean, you you get the points for the price, but there's also there's other that. good defenders on on both of those teams, Mascara, Miazga, yeah. and then you have you have Reagan for Seattle. Like there are there are other options. Like if you don't want to take that risk, for sure. Yeah, we'll also get a clean sheet with them if that did happen. Yep, all things to mull over for sure. Yeah. All right. So Brian, let's keep it rolling. Let's get into our weekly matchups. Teams with one match this week, New England, New York City, FC, San Jose, St. Louis City. I don't think we're picking anybody from those teams because it's a double game week, baby. Uh, So right now, Brian and I are really looking at teams that have two matchups back to back at home. We, We love those teams. Those teams are Charlotte, FC Cincinnati, FC Dallas, LAFC, and Philly. Brian, go ahead and kick it off with your home team, man. Charlotte. Yeah, so I mean, I, I like I like both of their matchups. Honestly, I like Chicago at home, especially just. I mean, we talked about them getting a new coach bump, but I mean, those tend to wear off, and I I, I can totally see that happening on the road where Charlotte have been playing at, at Charlotte at home have been playing pretty well at least uh, of late. So they've gotten two wins back to back at home, and they're on their third. They're if they win this Wednesday, it would be their longest streak in club history. So they're right now in, in some of their best form they've they've been in of late or of, of all, you know, in their short club history. So I'm really keen in on them actually this week because they've also got a lot of value options because of how poorly they started this season. A lot of even their premium players like Swiderski are on a bargain this week. But I also like Ashley Westwood. He's at like 6.7 mil. Capetti um, is on an he Capetti he is a he is a bargain striker if I've ever seen one six point yeah, six yeah. mil this week that's crazy yeah absolutely and then Jalen Lindsay just picked up two assists he's at like five point seven mil so like there's just a lot of value all over the their roster and but, so they got but two they get Na- they get Nashville on the weekend game yeah it's tough it's tough, it's a tough they, matchup, did beat, man. they did beat Nashville four one last season so oh my god um, at home so we'll see we'll see um and I, I hold on you guys beat Nashville and Philly last year. Yeah, and like and the wow. goal differential on that was eight to one. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Charlotte had good form. You know, that's where I think everybody was so frustrated. At least the fans early on in the season was like, "Hey, we like beat Philly four 0 in the the match that decided them pretty much not winning supporter shield." So it wasn't like it wasn't a big match for them too. So, 
Um, but anyway, and this isn't the Charlotte show. So <laughs> I had oh, moving on to FC Cincinnati. They also got two at home, Montreal on Wednesday, Columbus on Saturday. The hell is real Derby coming up this weekend. Yes, sir. Um, I like, I mean, again, Cincinnati, I think have uh, a few value options as well, especially in their attack. Brandon Vasquez is like 7.4 mil. So he's another value option like Capetti is at striker. So the, I mean, with two home matchups, I think there's a decent chance he can get himself a goal. Santos uh, Lugo, is dirt cheap too. He's at seven. Yep. Yep. For sure. And Lucho Acosta at 9.9, I'd say is a pretty valuable uh, or just value rate for a player of his caliber, especially at home where he's just historically done way, way better for Cincinnati. Um, and he had his best game before their bye week this past week uh, with, an, with a goal and an assist. So he had a 10 point game. So um, at 9.9, he's also another value than Barrial. I mean, they're undefeated. They're six and zero. They haven't lost yet at home. So I'm definitely eyeing Cincinnati players all over the field for their, their weekend or their week's matchups. Yeah. Uh, FC Dallas is another one. They don't have as many players. I, I, I really love, I know we're going to get into more of their defenders once we get into our tap in 50, 50 long shot segment, but yeah. just Ferreira is definitely worth a look. Um, and I actually, I'll get, you know, we both have Dallas players in our, in our, uh, in yeah. our segment. So I'll actually get into Hayden Ferreira a little bit later as well. And one but thing he, about FC Dallas's matchups, Vancouver and Houston on the road, neither team yeah. has won a game this season on the road. Oh, good fact that I didn't have that one down. Perfect. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I mean that, yeah, that sums it up right there. And then LAFC, uh, I mean, how much do we need to say about this team, especially at home when they're just, I mean, so, so, so dominant. I mean, beat new England four nil, um, all of, for me and definitely i mean we we're talking on the pre-show like two to three players stacking this team just because of a double game week the one concern is because of how deep this team is you could get hit where you have like a tim a tim uh tillman in and then he gets rotated out and you only get him for 90 minutes so i think that's where for lafc this week i'm stacking premium players that i feel like i can really count on them getting both starts Bowanga is right at the top of that list. Carlos Vela, Apoku, these guys who have been really in every single lineup and just been really Chirondolo's guys to pick week in and week out. Those are the guys I'm really eyeing uh, going yeah, into the I, I don't want to lose out on 180 minutes if I can help it. No, I also have, right now I have Cheeky Palacios in my starting defense at nine mil as well. And nice. then I, I want to go back to the Tim Tillman thing, just like looking at his home starts early in the season, he had 12 against the Revs with a goal. Yeah. He had 12 against FC Dallas with a goal. Um, and then he didn't play the full 90 against Austin and he had three. So in two of his three home starts this season, he has 12 points and a goal. Yep. So like I, I'm kind of yeah. high on Tillman and you mentioned yeah. pre-show that Kellen Acosta might be injured. So that might limit some of their, their rotation. Yep. But you also have to consider that the guy that scored his first ever MLS goal this past weekend, Bogush, he's also listed as a midfielder in MLS fantasy. He's finally in the game, so he's he's a guy that is pickable. You guys can you guys can pick him up. Uh, he he can kind of play anywhere. He's a guy that's very versatile. He can run up top. He can run out wide. He can run at the ten. He can run at the eight. They don't really run with the ten, sure. but. Yeah, so they're, I don't know, we'll see what they do. Tillman has kind of been their guy in the midfield. So I, I like him this week. It's just for sure. I need him to play the full 180 or yep. as close to it, at least 150 for me. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then the one last guy I should mention for LAFC is also John McCarthy. I mean, for sure. 
their goalkeeper. I think he's also had a value at 7.8 with two home games where LAFC are just so dominant. I think he's also yeah. definitely worth a look uh, as a value goalkeeper. Um, and then last matchup, Philadelphia, two home games, DC and new England. Uh, so they got a big rivalry matchup on Saturday, um, which maybe I could see that deterring some people, but having a, a home, just both of them being at home and having the DC matchup on Wednesday, I think still uh, is, is plus enough for me to definitely take, take quite a, quite a long gander with some of these players, Kai Wagner, for sure. Daniel Gazdak, Carranza, Ura, if he's back, Ura was out this past week. So I, I you just got to have to monitor uh, yeah. how, how, how he's looking. Um, Andre Blake, for sure. Like I've already got him in and seven million dollar value. He's like a yeah, he's about six point six. So yeah. it's just like for two home games for I mean, probably the best goalkeeper in all of MLS when he's I mean, when he's clicking. Obviously the team hasn't been clicking as much this season, but they've started to come into form. He's gotten a clean sheet within the last couple of weeks. So um I like him in in two home matchups for sure, especially at that rate when I can also switch a Rue McCarthy, you know, something like that and get some value there. Yeah. Um, and then all their defensive, other defensive options. I'm also, I would say are on the table. Again, it's just a matter of making sure you get 180 minutes, but I think that's also where Philadelphia is different than LAFC. Whereas Chirondolo both has, I think a lot more options that he's willing to rotate. Um, Jim Curtin, I feel like has really more set in his ways in terms of who his like 11 or 12 guys are. And I feel like you can really count on all his players playing both of those games as long as they're healthy. Yep. And so I would say that's one other edge for Philadelphia in their two home games is like there, you know, who uh, you have a pretty decent sense of who he's going to play. And so. they're used to managing two games a week. They've been doing it all year with, with CCL midweek. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and a lot of those games, even when they had midweek CCL, like they would still out, they'd still roll out Gazdog and one of their two strikers up top. And it was usually a first choice 11, like, Curtin has his guys and they've proven that throughout CCL. And I think they'll do the same this week as well. But those are, those are just our four or five teams that have two home games this week, but there are a couple teams that we like that have one home game and one away game. I really like Portland this week. So I'll start with Portland away at RSL. RSL haven't scored in back-to-back home matches and they've given up three goals to forwards in two separate home matches this year. And opposition's playmakers are scoring a lot of points on RSL at home. So immediately my eyes go to Evander and Frank Boley. Frank Boley is at a dirt cheap cost right now. I think like 6.1. I don't have it up in front of me right now. But he he is, I actually do have it in front of me, 6.2 mil. I'm sorry. Uh, he'll come up later in the show. And then Portland at home versus Minnesota. Minnesota have lost four straight road matches. They've been outscored nine to three in those matches and four goals from forwards in the last two away matches versus Vancouver and Sporting Kansas City. So again, Frank Bully looks really good in that matchup. And if Frank Bully looks good, that probably means that Evander is probably going to be making plays behind him. So those are two guys I would definitely target in that game. And then, of course, I would probably take a, a close look at Mascara. At the back, maybe even maybe even Zach McGraw. He gets a lot of bonus points, and he's a staple in their team. Yeah. And he's Claudio definitely... Bravo is probably available. Yeah, too. Bravo's a really good pick as well. Really good pick on the left back opposite of Mascara. That's a good one. Um, and then the Columbus Crew. I'll talk about them real quick. At home versus the LA Galaxy. LA have been outscored eight to one and are winless in five away matches this season, and they haven't scored an away goal since March the fourth versus Dallas. So like. Yeah that it's like, okay, Blake, get a, get a couple crew guys at defense. Right. But like, who are the crew guys at defense right now? Degenick is out. He's going to be out three to four weeks. 
Is it Viasia? Is it Quentin? That's been pretty shaky. Is it Steve Marrera? Maybe, but I think the one guy, if you are to pick up a Columbus crew defender, just hoping they get a clean, clean sheet and maybe for some offensive value is Mo Farsi yeah. in this one. But, uh, you know, talking about the galaxy again, opposing nines and tens have scored in back-to-back matches first the galaxy away. So Cucho, Zellerion, maybe even Alexandre Matan. If you're like, really, if you're really hurting for money, I mean, or if you want a differential pick, I mean, who knows? Matan's probably going to be a guy that goes close to 180 this weekend as well. And LA is also coming off short rest after a late game on Sunday. So uh, target some of those guys I mentioned above. And then, you know, on the weekend, you have Columbus first FCC. Hell is real Derby. It's going to be literally a hell of a match. FCC is undefeated um, at home this season. But uh, the Columbus crew have scored two goals in back-to-back away games at FCC. That doesn't mean that's a guarantee during this away match. This is a completely different FCC team where they're built on defense first and their offense is still really trying to get clicking. So um, we'll kind of see how that goes. And then the Columbus crew has struggled against forwards away this year. Swiderski scored Van Zier, uh, Kerr from Toronto, and then Carranza scored a brace to open the season. Uh, th- those guys have scored goals against the crew on the road. So there are some value strikers in for Cincinnati, Santos and Brandon, and Brandon Vasquez, both yeah. 7.4 or less like, you know, those those guys can get in behind a pretty shaky Columbus crew back line. So I would definitely take a close look at those guys. And then last but not least, the other only other uh, double game week team that I I might be taking a look at that has a home and away is the Sounders versus Austin. I like possibly a shutout there for the Sounders. I talked about rolled on earlier. Austin has been outscored 10 to four on the road and Seattle have outscored opponents 11 to two at home. Those are both numbers suggesting look at Seattle, especially um, just because of the first game. And then because you picked them in the first game, you're tied into the second. I don't like that matchup as much against Vancouver in Vancouver because Vancouver has been pretty damn good at home this season. Um, but, you know, the Sounders, they have Jao Paulo back. They're not necessarily healthy at the nine, but like they're a pretty good team. They still have some some issues at the back. But anybody can beat anybody in this league, and that's a Cascadia Cup match. It's a, it's a big rivalry game. Anything can happen in that one. And there's going to be a lot of weird shit that happens this week, so – as much sense as we're trying to make predicting these games and telling you the teams to pick, like there's going to be some wild stuff and it's going to cause you to drop some points, but those are our matchups to target. Brian, I think we did pretty good. Uh, getting yeah, through sure. all of that. <laughs> um, yeah, so- yeah. I think, I think the one thing I just want to mention is just, there's also a few teams. I think we should probably notice that they should have, people should probably avoid is yeah, the, yeah. the teams that have two away matchups and those are Houston Sporting KC, LA Galaxy, and Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've already talked about the variance of road matches, like ad nauseum, like all season. And just, I mean, you're just doubling up on that variance <laughs> in, if you're going double game week with one of those teams because they're both their games are on the road. So I would I'd probably avoid all those four teams this week. Yes, I, I would also avoid those guys. That's not to say that a guy on each of those teams couldn't go off, you know, it, it could happen. Yeah. Oh, it for sure. Happen. Yeah, for happen. sure. This is MLS, but I mean, do you want to try to risk it for the biscuit in those situations yeah. when you have so many other d- double game weeks that we just went over? That's, yeah. that's where I'm at with it. Yeah. All right, Brian, let's get into our tap in 50, 50 long shots. Some of our picks that we'll be making for our, our team this week. I'll let you go first this week with your tap in. Yeah. So my tap in this week is Alvaro Barrial. I mean, I already talked about Cincinnati a little bit earlier. They're 6-0-0 at home this season, just six wins uh, with only three goals against. 
Um, so, I mean, I, I'd say that's a really good look for Barrial getting at least one clean sheet out of this week's double game week. Um, and they have, you know, they have their two home games coming up, one goal and three assists in home games this season for Barrial. So not only is he definitely, I'd say, good probability of getting a clean sheet in the double game week, but also a pretty good probability of getting at least a goal contribution, which could easily lead to a 15 or 20 point um double game week result uh he's averaging 10 points per game at home this season so that's why i'm kind of targeting that 20 point mark um so he's just been yeah in really incredible form all season and also i didn't even realize this when i was looking up some of his stats he's a u22 initiative player my god like what a a brilliant brilliant signing that was so uh anyway that's my tap in of the week yeah, Brenner is gone in the summer. I think Brandon Vasquez is probably the next guy to go. And then yep. Barrial has got to be the next guy to go from FC Cincinnati. I mean, what a signing. He's He has yeah. been incredible. He has been probably the best left back in MLS to start the season. Definitely the best yep. left back in MLS fantasy, hands down, bar none. Yep. But my tap end of the week, and I hate to be redundant here, is going to be Denny Buonga for the second straight week, of course. Uh, LAFC's forward for 11.9 mil, right? You had to. I I have some different reasons why this week, but Bawong has scored the most home goals in MLS this season with six. He has two home games this weekend. He's averaging 12.25 points per game at home, six goals, two assists at home on the year. Brioni has scored two goals, Abobasi two, Ferreira one. Those guys have all scored goals on Sporting Kansas City. That's who they get on Wednesday. And then Bawonga, Gets to go up against San Jose on the weekend, hoping to get some revenge in a game that they lost two weeks back. They lost 2-1 to one in San Jose. They get him at home this time, and he did score a goal against San Jose the last time out. So for all of those reasons, Denny Buonga is my tap-in of the week. Brian, who do you got for 50-50? Yeah, so my 50-50, and we talked about FC Dallas earlier. Jesus Ferreira at 9.2 mil. He's averaging 7.4 points per game at home this season. He's got four goals in his five home matches. So I just, I really feel like there's a a good chance. And he's at a decent, I mean, not a fantastic value at 9.2 million, but a decent value to, I think, get, get, get him a goal in one of these two games, at least at minimum. Um, I'd say there's a really good shot at that Um, in two home games against, against, I'd say in two plus matchups at at home. uh, He's got a good shot at getting a goal. And I, again, it, my my whole aim for all of my kind of picks this week is like guys that I like I really I feel like locked in for 180 minutes and Jesus Ferreira is absolutely Dallas's guy so there's just no way he's not out there for the the full the full slot of 180 this week and so I really like that opportunity to see whether or not he can get me a goal or two in those two games um, and just again getting and I think a nine million striker who's just like pretty much locked in for for those 180 and, and plus matchups at home. I'm all about it for this week. Yeah, if it's not Jesus, who's it going to be for them, right? Alan Velasco looks to yep. be back. So Alan Velasco is a guy that we're not going to really talk about, but I mean, he could be an option. He's going to be a, a playmaker that has two home games this weekend. That's going to be providing service for Ferreira. So he could be a guy on a on a cheaper on a bargain deal to get. I think he's around eight mil. But my 50-50 of the week is going to be Julian Carranza. I'm repping the Philly hat right now just because of this pick. Philadelphia Union's forward for nine and a half mil. Carranza scored hat tricks in both appearances versus D.C. United last season, in which the team won by 13 goals in those two games. 7-0 and 6-0, 7-0 at home. 
and he had a hat trick in that game. He's averaging one goal contribution per start at home this season. He has two goals and two assists in four home matches, plus a shot bonus in three of those four home matches. He's averaging seven points at home this season. And the DC and the Revs have conceded seven goals to strikers so far this year. But the Revs and DC are two of the top three away teams in the East, both with seven goals for and eight goals against. So Carranza, he he looks like he's in two. Uh, he looks like he's in for some goals this week, but he's up against two two tough opponents. And this is not the DC of last year. This is a new DC under Wayne Rooney. That's um, they're built differently. They're a little bit more stable defensively this season. So. Will they put up seven? I don't know, but I would love for history to repeat itself. So for all those reasons, that is why King Julian, Julian Carranza, is my 50-50 of the week. Brian, who do you have for your long shot? Yeah, so for my long shot, I've got Ashley Westwood at 6.7 mil. Um, I think I, I feel like we've talked about Charlotte and Columbus both a decent amount this week, but I think a big reason why Charlotte is being brought up, at least for me, is just, again, like I talked about earlier, the value picks that they, that they provide um, and their coming into some decent form as of late. And Ashley Westwood is one of those reasons. Again, he's another guy slotted in for just about a guaranteed 90 minutes in each of these matchups. He's their captain. Um, and when healthy, he's just pretty much always out there because he has also shown the ability to just go the full 90 um, and continue to put in a full a full shift. Um, and he's had an assist in each of his last two starts since returning from his injury. So I also like I like uh, those those numbers there in terms of just what he can provide as a progressive passer. Um, he's pretty much locked in as the guy who's just going to build up almost all of Charlotte's attacks, and they should be attacking a decent amount more uh, this week with both of their matches being at home. They should have the fan fan base behind them and and the crowd with them you know the crowd with them and just they i, I think they're a good opportunity for them to to get some more goals and and he should be involved in in some way shape or form because he also takes their set pieces so and at 6.7 mil i'm not trying to take honestly too many low value like just like low value players this week because i want guys who are going to get that full 180 but at 6.7 mil for a guy who I'm pretty sure is going to be locked in for 180 minutes. I really like that opportunity there. Again, that's one of my big focuses this week is guys that are going to get me 180 minutes. So, Yep, and I, I cannot guarantee that this guy is going to get 180 minutes. I can't even guarantee that he's fully healthy. My my long shot last week was Marin Hale-Selassie, and he did not even play last weekend. So that was a dropping point on my end. Uh, hopefully you guys caught that when the lineups came out. But my long shot this week is going to be a Giovanni Jesus the FC Dallas defender at 5.8 mil. He's averaging eight and a half points per game and two home appearances this season. He's contributed and assist in both of those home matches. And FC Dallas have given up the fourth fewest goals and third lowest expected goals against in the West. And like I said earlier, Vancouver and Houston are winless on the road with a combined negative eight goal differential. But here's the kicker. Dallas haven't kept a clean sheet at home in five tries this season. And like I said a minute ago, Jesus missed this past weekend's match with a minor lower body injury. But from what I'm seeing on Twitter, it sounds like he should be available to go Wednesday. So be sure to monitor those lineups. If he's in, he's at great value at five and a half mil. And for all those reasons I just listed, put him in your lineup. If he's not in there, for some of the other reasons I just listed, for Vancouver not winning on the road and you know, for FC Dallas being pretty sturdy and stable defensively and having two home games this week, pick somebody else on the FC Dallas defense. They could be your long shot if Giovanni isn't in. 
Um, but for all those reasons, Giovanni Jesus is my long shot of the week. Brian, let's roll right into start bench cell. You go ahead and give me mine first, Brian. I forget what we did a couple days ago, but go ahead. Yep. So I've got three premium midfielders. I'm looking at guys that have uh, one home and one away match uh, Mm because I think that's going to be one area that I'm really looking at this week is how do I differentiate and and split up some of that money between guys who just have the two locked-in home matches. Okay, I want to start a Vander. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not one not one of them not one Damn of them actually, so i'm okay. going pre- more premium like okay. uh so i've got zella ryan mm-hmm. 11.9 mil who should be back right because he was just rotated out so he should be back fully firing uh he's averaging 8.11 fantasy points per game he's got la galaxy at home and then followed by fc cincinnati on the road yep i've got hani mukhtar who just let us down this past week with that one point, but he's coming in at 12.8 mil, 7.58 points per game, a home matchup against Miami, which I, I would, I'm favoring for sure. But then a road matchup against Charlotte after that, then Almada at 13.8 mil, 10.7 fantasy points per game, home matchup versus Colorado. And then a road matchup against Chicago. Honestly, I think his matchups are really, Saw this week, but it depends on whether or not Atlanta can perform on those. Um, yeah, start bench sell. That's really tough, Brian. That is that is really tough. I actually have two of those three guys in my lineup right now. The one guy I do not have in my lineup right now is Hani, probably because of the hurt that he <laughs> imposed on me this past weekend. The old rage quit. That's that's what it was here. Yeah. He went from forty-two to two, and now he's just done. Done. <laughs> Uh, okay, Zellerion, Hani, Almeida. So that's a good one, Brian. I'm going to Miami and Charlotte. Man, Charlotte really haven't been great at home this year, right? I mean, we were targeting them at home for the first like. Yeah, we were, but then they. I mean, they turned it around a bit. Against, yeah, well, yeah, they've won three in a row. They've actually only lost one in their last I should know this at the top like uh five games but I mean a couple of those are US Open US Open Cup matches but I mean they last two home games they've won one nil against y'all and then the three two against and NYCFC okay all right so I'm gonna do some I, I don't know if this is what you were thinking I'm gonna do I'm gonna start Lucas Hillarion mm-hmm the Columbus crew, I think, are still scoring the most goals per game at home. Uh, yep. LA Galaxy are really, really bad on the road. So I, I think Lucas could be a guy that, you know, gets two goals and an assist in game one of this double game week, something like that. Not saying that these other two guys can't, but yep. I, I I know that the Columbus crew, d- despite their defensive issues, they are creating consistently offensively. Yep. Um, and good value. And the cheapest value, yes, at 11.9. Yep. Um, and then I like Almeida's matchups, I think, better than I than I like Hani's. What yep. is that? Is it at Colorado? And then, no, it's home against no, Colorado. Home Colorado. Okay, I really like that. And then away against Chicago. They don't have to travel far for that one. Uh, I like Almeida on my bench for that one. And then not because of what Hani did to me last week, just because <laughs> – uh, Miami has been, they, been they, they've been really good on the road. Nashville's at home in that game, right? Yep. Yeah, Miami's been really good. I mean, they beat the Columbus crew 
the New England Revolution and Atlanta in the past three weeks in MLS on the road. And like those three teams have playmakers that are really freaking good. I mean, yeah. Carlos Hill scored last weekend against my uh, against Miami, right? Um, I forget about the other two teams, Atlanta and, and the crew, but like Miami were able to beat each of those teams two to one. So it's really impressive. Honestly, it, it, after it, their six straight losses. Yeah, it, it is really impressive. And I mean, that run of form could end and Hani could go off on them, but just I, I like where Miami's at right now. Um, yeah. they, they don't have any of their main guys. They just have a bunch of role players that are really filling in. So I like where Miami's at. And then Charlotte is a new team as well. So uh, for those those reasons, I just listed if any of those make sense to anybody or if I'm just rambling, Lucas Alaron start, Almeida bench, Hani sell. Yep. I think that's pretty much what I was looking at as well. Okay. All right. So I guess it made a little bit of sense to both of us. That's good. Yeah. Two, two guys that finished with sub 70 this past <laughs> week. <laughs> okay. So in theory, do the opposite of what I just did there. everybody. <laughs> Starting Mutar. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get into my start bench. So Brian, all right. A guy that you've picked a number of times so far this season, Sergio Santos. Mm-hmm. At seven mil at home, two home matches first Montreal and then Hell's Real versus Columbus. Yep. Your boy Capetti back from suspension at 6.6 mil, two home matches at home against Chicago and at home against Nashville. Mm-hmm. And then a guy I talked about earlier in the show when talking about Portland is a guy that I'm kind of high on, Frank Boley at 6.2 mil, the cheapest of the three at RSL. And then at home against Minnesota. Ooh. I actually like all three of these setups. Ooh. They're all pretty goal dependent. Yeah. But, I mean, that's what you kind of expected that range. It's just like put them in a switcheroo, see if you can't nab a goal or two. Um, And Capetti, I think, is definitely capable of getting goals in bunches. Um, just because of his efficiency rate, he only gets, he doesn't get a lot of touches, but when he touches it, it's in the box around the six and he taps it in. Uh, Santos, I feel like gets a little bit more play and combines in with, with the Cincinnati, um, other Cincinnati attackers. Cause he also is capable, I think of getting, getting some assists here and there as well, but definitely goal contribution dependent because he's not going to be the, the creator. Um, and they've got two home matchups that I really like. And then Bully, this is tough, man. Bully as well because Portland's in the form. Honestly, all three of these teams are also starting to to, to show up a little bit. Um, whew. I'm going to start Santos just because mm-hmm. I think – FC Cincinnati at home have just been so absurdly consistent for a way longer stretch than either of these teams. I'm going to bank on that um, continuing a little bit. And then I'm going to bench. I'm going to bench Capetti. I like the two home matchups and I'm going to sell Bowley. So I'm just going to pretty much go down by value like that. So yeah, start Santos, bench Capetti because those two home matchups and he's going to get all 180 minutes for sure as well. And then Bowley at 6.2, sell him. Okay, whatever, yeah. Brian. I really wanted you to start Bowley, whatever. I yeah, just, <laughs> you're gonna put some respect on this man's name eventually, okay? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I mean, I, 
I should already, right? I mean, just based on how Portland have played, and I feel like we've definitely targeted them and not keeping uh, some of their players in my lineup, especially Evander this past this past week, definitely bit me in the butt. So I probably should have given him some respect on this, but I really like the the, the home matchups and Capetti, especially just because of the game. I mean, he's pretty much locked, and Latanzu doesn't take him out. So yeah, that's true. Okay. I respect it, Brian. I didn't really expect you to pick Bowley, but like <laughs> Bowley's the guy that's definitely starting to become on my radar. The better Evander starts to do, the more Bowley plays. Yeah, like, yeah. They, they look desperate for a striker who can produce. And if he can produce, I mean, there's no way he's not continuing to play in that same kind of 90 minute range. Right. So, yep. Yep. I like him, but I like those two picks as well. Santos and Cabetti are both going to play big minutes and have a good number of chances in their two home matches. But Brian, that was our double game week episode, the first one that we've ever done. We there talked about double double the episodes, double the players, double the fun, right? Yep, yep. yep. Just All not right. uh, not double the points after after the dropping points. But I guess it was double the dropping point segment because I'm pretty sure that was our longest dro- dropping point segment we've done. It was our worst week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it had to have been. We had to double yeah. the self-deprecation yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Brian, do you have any closing thoughts before we get out of here? And somehow this is going to be a shorter episode than some of our other ones. Yeah. I don't know. Cruise through it. Cruise through it. We, well, we had, even though it took us longer, we wanted to get, get through the drop point segment, get right into the good stuff. And then we, we yeah. rocked it right, rocked it right on out. Um, yeah. Uh, I'd say the big thing for me this week is just really staying on my P's and Q's in terms of checking, checking who's on the injury reports, uh, keeping an eye on those uh, Wednesday matchups especially whether or not because we talked about it in the pre-show just how to do a switcheroo in this situation because it's going to be a lot more challenging with the double game weeks but just keeping an eye on all of those things because it's just things are going to change a little bit more and be a little bit more active i'd say if you want to keep up with it and really have a have a solid week but at the same time the points are there so if there's a week to make up some ground this is also the week to to hit big so definitely yeah i love Midweek MLS, man. I'm so excited. We have our first double game week, but I, yep. I'm really wondering who's going to ruin my Wednesday night. Because <laughs> it's bound to happen. Yeah, so, there, there will so be points dropped on a Wednesday. I got to work yeah. the next day, and I'm going to be upset Wednesday night when I go to sleep. I can feel it. Yeah, you don't have that. You don't have that Sunday to cool off this week. You have to go straight into the end of the second half of the work week. I had the, the Columbus crew give up a two goal lead this past weekend. We, you and I, Brian, yep. Arsenal fans, we lost three yeah. nil to Brighton and just watched the Premier League trophy slip even further away. Ooh. Man yeah. City's just one game away from the title, which they'll yep. probably win this weekend. And then our fantasy teams were absolutely shit. So, uh, yep. rough week. It can only it can only get better. Actually, this is funny. I should have mentioned it in my dropping points, but I picked up what's his name Brady from yep. the fire, the goalkeeper. Yep. And yep. he hit early, right? One thirty on a Saturday, I got nine points. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. But I started texting my buddy, the one guy I also send advice to. And I yeah. said, it can only go down from here. And it went yep. way down. <laughs> uh, anyway, we, we start the episode with dropping points. We leave it with dropping points. Listeners, thanks for <laughs> listening to episode 14, our first double game week episode of dropping points history. Uh, It it was a fun one. We hope you guys enjoyed it. We hope you guys listen responsibly. Do your own research. Don't just blame us when you drop your points. Um, You guys enjoy all the Wednesday, Saturday action, and we will catch you guys next week.
best of luck. Peace. Peace.